Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and Bulldog fans everywhere. I'm your co-host of the Hale State Shockwave, Colton Watson. I'm your other co-host, Gavin Lagazino. And we'd love to welcome you back to the Hale State Shockwave, the wave as we call it colloquially here in our inner yep. circles. You know, our, our, the, the, the podcast friends call it the wave, but you know, professionally it's the Hale State Shockwave. All three anyway, of us. All three of us. <laughs> <laughs> Who is that, me, you, and Chris? Yeah. All four, Skip. Yeah, Skip. That's fair. Does Skip even listen to the show? <laughs> Probably like one every five episodes. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, goodness. Uh, well, we're still grinding out here anyway. Yeah. Um, we're just going to jump right in, talk about Auburn this week, of course. Uh, start with some injury things. Here's what I know. Or here's, okay, what I'm mostly sure of, what I've got on Good Word and what I've heard and other people have on Good Word besides me. Um, Steve Robertson reported a similar thing is that Nick Gibson is going to dress out. Who knows how much he plays, but he's going to dress out, which means if they're not going to dress – you know, there's a limit to how many you can bring on road games, so they're not going to bring him if they don't think he's going to play. That's how that works. Yeah. Lee Witherspoon is going to dress out. That's good. All, we need as many running backs as possible. We have all of our scholarship running backs going to be at the game at least. We need every single one of them to play this game. This is, this is not a game that we need Nick Gibson and uh, Lee Witherspoon hurt for sure. Yeah. This is a game where we ran for 400 yards last year. So, this is a we game need, we need that fresh we, legs that we're not going to win if we don't run for at least for a lot of yards. Yeah. Um. The only other injury updates we have is about, of course, our quarterback Tommy Stevens. Now, here's the thing. Apparently, he's doing really good. He practiced this week. Now, they they limited contact, not necessarily like. They, they kept an eye on it, and they didn't let him go 100%. But he the last week he was limited to practice. This week he actually went all the way through practice. And so when early in the week when we thought for sure, you know, it would probably be Garrett, they're both going to dress. And it's it's probably – it's I'm hearing it's like 50-50. Like it'll be a game-time decision, which is – I kind of like it being a game-time decision because then, you know, you're not tipping your hand to Auburn. And they are very different quarterbacks. Yeah. So there will be a different game plan. So Auburn's not going to be able to prepare for one or the other. Yeah, and my thing – about that is, I guess this is more of a question for you, Colton. Um, if you, if Schrader or not Schrader, if Tommy goes out and plays that first drive and he plays bad, do you expect him to pull in and just go with Schrader? If it's related to the injury, yeah. If he if, if he's, it's related to the injury. if he looks like he did against Kansas State or not. Kansas here's State, uh, yeah. here's the thing. So, the way that Tommy throws, he gives us our best chance to win the game for sure. I agree. All right. And if we're trying to win this game, he needs to go. If we're trying to make sure that he's – make absolutely sure that he's good for the rest of the season, he doesn't need to go. Here's a, another, you know, angle on that storyline. Guys, Garrett Schrader needs to redshirt, okay? <laughs> he – Garrett Schrader needs to redshirt. I just want you all to think about we, – are we going to give this guy's true freshman season – for his red shirt senior season, which is what we want to do, or are we going to let him play as a true freshman and not have him as a red shirt? I just want y'all to think about that. Do we want a Garrett Schrader as a? Would we rather have Garrett Schrader as a fifth year senior or a part time starter as a true time as a true freshman? I feel like that's an easy choice. Huh? I said I feel like that's an easy choice. I think it's a pretty easy choice. And the thing is, it's hard. It's really really hard to make decisions that you're not going to reap the benefits of until years in the future. But in 2021 and 2022 and 2023, Garrett Schrader will be an upperclassman that we need on our team. Yeah, so, well, the, 
The concerning thing about that is Jim Moorhead doesn't seem to be a big fan of the red shirt rule just with the way he's treated – the way he treated Keaton last year. Yeah, um, doesn't seem like that, which again um, – that that's such a good rule. Like Garrett yeah. Schrader, if he if Garrett Schrader does start this weekend, he has started two SEC games and played a lot of minutes in two non conference games, a lot of snaps. And he's he's basically he that's such valuable experience that and he's still a red shirt. Like that's such a huge deal. I just this rule is it, it changes the games in ways that people don't realize yet. It's important though. It's super important. Yeah. Um I'm excited. I hope hopefully we can uh we can keep Garrett Schrader's red shirt, which again, if he plays this weekend, that's four. That's the only game he can play and keep the red yep. shirt. And just he think of Garrett. He can't come in for another snap after this weekend if he plays. To the to the public of college football though, to the public community of college football, just because Garrett has already had that iconic play, which was the helicopter that he had against uh, Kansas State, just because of that one play, by the time he gets to his fifth year senior year if that's the thing, if he does get a red shirt this year, he's going to be like the Hunter Henry. Everybody's going to be like, this guy's still in college? Yeah, he. Pro- that's actually – that's a, a hot uh, – not a hot take, but a cool idea. That's actually a good point. People were people, – his name got thrown around. That that <laughs> funny you said yeah. that. Especially he got already got SEC freshman of the week. People are rec- – people. his name will ring a bell two or three years from now, and they're like, huh. Yeah. Yeah, And they'll be like, funny. wait, he's only a sophomore? That's that's crazy. That's a that's a good point. That is that is something that we haven't gotten around to yet because the redshirt year has only been the second year. But in a couple of years, we're going to be talking about guys that have been in college and on campus for all for all like forever. Yeah. Anyway, um, those are your injury updates. Those are your you know minutia the quarterback decision again game time kind of type of decision. Um, Tommy gives us the best chance to win this game. Playing Garrett gives us the best chance to. Maybe get an upset later down the road, guys. We need an upset. I'm sorry, seven and five is bad. We've got to me. We've got to be at least eight and four. We're gonna yeah. have to beat one of these teams that we're not supposed to beat. And that's the thing about Moorhead for me right now. I just want to see a. He's already lost games that we should have won. So to make up for that, I want to see him win a game that we we should lose. That's right. And so last year, beating he beat Auburn. Who was he's already beat Auburn as a top ten team before. Hopefully, we could do that again this year. Um, because Auburn was number eight when they came in here. They were overrated as heck, but they were number eight. Yeah. I think they're overrated now, to be honest. Um, we're going to talk more about Auburn later on in the show, but right now, Gavin's going to provide you what the uh, the your pro Bulldogs did last Sunday. Not including, we did have many many pro Bulldogs on Thursday night football uh, last night. We'll talk about that next week. It makes sense, but uh, this week and this Sunday's games. And Sunday, Monday night, all that last Thursday. We'll t- well, he's going to give you the updates for all those. We'll talk about how yeah. your perfect, your big boy, your your fully grown bulldogs. You know, your <laughs> your your what you guess, your adult adult breed dogs. Yeah, that makes no sense. I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> all right. So uh, last week, as most of y'all know, Dak played Miami. He was nineteen for thirty-two. That's sixty, roughly sixty percent completion percentage. Two hundred forty-six yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. He didn't. So, he he, he got good. a little bit. He got a uh, little bit out in front of the skis. I think in the Miami yeah. game, just trying to just ball on uh, a, a trash team. Yeah, his interception was really bad. Um, but I mean, I'd rather him be a gunslinger that has a couple risks take uh, takes a couple risks than 
how people draw, make him out to be this game manager, which just isn't the case if you look at all of his stats and stuff like yeah. that. His, his um, lead, he's leading the NFL, by the way, guys, in completion percentage, QBR, and yards per attempt. So. Yep. And then you look at uh, Montez. He, bu- he burst onto the scene last week. I feel like more people are starting to recognize his name. He had seven tackles and a sack against the Bears. So that was good to see from him. His first sack, we are not surprised. The yeah, only thing we're true. surprised that it took two, three weeks to get a sack. <laughs> uh, Benardrick, he had he played the Chargers. He had seven tackles, half of a sack, and he got three hits on Phillip Rivers. That's so, awesome. Yeah, he's getting heard, back there. We haven't. Uh, we probably should have mentioned Benardrick McKinney before now, but you know we're trying not to make the show go. You know, we we're not, like I said, we don't talk about all twenty. We just give you a couple interesting updates. Yeah. Benardrick McKinney is one of the highest played paid Bulldogs in the league. Uh, yep. after Fletcher Cox right now. So, maybe Darius Slade. Darius Slade might make more, but I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's probably Benardrick. Chris uh, Jones is going to uh, end up making more. Yeah. Uh, so, we have Preston Smith. He played Denver last week. He was on Thursday Night Football last night. But, like Colton said, we'll we'll touch on his stats from last night next week. Um, so... Preston, he actually he had a forced fumble last week that turned into a touchdown for the Packers defense. So Strip if you have them Smith. on fantasy, I'm sure you were happy. Um, Preston Smith has uh, has created turnovers two weeks in a row. I don't know if he did last night. I don't think so. He was balling last night though. Yeah, Preston Smith is a big night. Preston Smith is a big deal. Yeah, in this and and guys. I don't think I don't think the Packers really realized how much of a steal they got him in free agency. Oh yeah, he uh he was listed this year. When he first got him in the spring, it was like, oh, yeah, this is nice. You know, we can replace Clay Matthews. Guys, the, the Smith brothers, their two linebackers named Smith, already had uh, more sacks. They had as many sacks Sunday as Clay Matthews and his compatriot as a uh, fellow middle linebacker did their whole season last year. <laughs> is that not insane? Yeah, that's insane. Um, that's, and we're uh, a that's quarter of the way through the season. That's an improvement. They had that much in one of the games, okay. And then they had he had a strip sack. He had a sack last night, I think. I'm not positive. I have to go check. But there's a he did. Packers defense is for real. Their offense is actually floundering more than their defense, of course. And then last night their defense actually gets up 27 points, which is not which has been kind of unheard of this season to the Eagles, who hasn't been putting up a lot of points. Football's just weird. Yeah. Um. So moving on, Danico Autry. He had two tackles against the Falcons. I feel like there's not much to say there besides Indianapolis is struggling without Andrew Luck. But they're doing better than a lot of people thought. So, Percent's not bad. Yeah, he's not bad. Shouldn't have been taken before that. Yeah, whatever. Uh, Slay played against Philly. He had a tackle, and he actually recovered a fumble, went 38 yards, and got injured on the return. He left the game, didn't come back. But he is expected to play against the Chiefs on Sunday. <coughs> Bless you. Bless me. Goodness gracious. I'm sorry, guys. Anybody else? Um, yeah. So we have Fred Brown, and he actually got caught up from Denver's practice squad. So good for Fred him. Fred Brown is an active roster on the Denver Broncos receiver. Yep. On the Denver Broncos receiving core. The only Mississippi State wide receiver in the league at the moment. He's going to be catching passes from would you call Flacco an elite quarterback? Um definitely not. <laughs> That's I think I think that was like is that, is that like he's he was like the bar. Like you have to be 
Flacco and below is not elite. Above Flacco is elite for like for years. Yeah, he's just it's, he's just the bar. He's just average. He's like average. <laughs> anyway, all well, right. Guy, guy has a Super Bowl ring, guys. That's yeah. So, yeah. That's all we have for the NFL updates, though. So, so all right, on. Auburn. Guys, we play a pretty tough team. This is number seven Auburn that we played this weekend, and uh, we're not going into an easy place to play. Jordan Hare Stadium is not been not been friendly to Mississippi State. We won there in 2015. Um, 2017 was embarrassing, especially after what we did to LSU that year. We come back, we get killed by Georgia, who ended up playing for the national championship. We get killed by Auburn, who ended up beating Georgia and almost playing for a national championship. And we bounced back against them at home last year, but this is a, this is not a very hospitable place to go in and play football. This isn't Fayetteville. This is not. Uh, this is not. I'm trying to think of some SEC stadiums that aren't that bad. This is not Nashville. Okay. <laughs> this is not. This is not Lexington, and they got and they got they got up for us in Lexington last year too. Yeah, Lexington so. destroyed us last year. But um, fun fact: if Mississippi State, Mississippi State had almost had only five away games last year compared to seven home games, and had about fifty more penalty yard, about fifty or sixty more penalty yards, and tw- uh, twelve more penalties on the road than they did at home. Penalties are a big deal for us on the road so far. Uh, playing uh, or they were in 2018 so that'll be a key thing to watch another just major key about the whole team is auburn they have a great defense they don't the care a lot seven. of turnovers front seven is really good their back their back end is young yeah. we're gonna have to t- we're gonna have to that's where we're gonna have to uh make our money our receivers got to play a great game and try to expose the backside of that defense that is if our offensive line can keep tommy stevens or garrett schrader upright to make those plays yeah um but as I was saying, they don't create a lot of turnovers. They only have two this year. We do create a lot. It's going to come down to – it could really easily come down to the turnover battle in this game. We only had the Tackling. one interception against Kentucky. Tackling will be important. But uh, the turnover battle is, is important because Auburn usually wins games where they have more or the same amount of turnovers. They are 14-4 and four when the turnovers are even and 29-8 and eight when the turnovers are in favor of Auburn yeah. um, since Gus Malzahn has been there. Um, their front, like Gavin alluded to their front seven earlier, they've got some mean, nasty defensive linemen that are going too. to be experienced defensive linemen. Senior Derek Brown was a first-round pick his junior year and stayed. Okay, guys? He's going to be a problem. Yeah. Marlon Davison is another senior defensive end, and he's second in the SEC in tackles for loss per game, and he has started 43 straight games. Um, Juniors... Tyrone Truesdale and Nick Coe that are both in the middle of that defensive line. They're really both really good, and their linebacking core is experienced also. That The strength of their team is their defensive line, no doubt. We're, our, our offensive line is pretty good. They had, they've had they let some pressure get there. This is not going to be one of those games, though, that Tommy Stevens or Garrett sit back for forever. They're going to have to make decisions quickly and have that clock in their head ready to decide to either throw it away or to take off running, whatever goes on. Um <laughs> There's uh like we were talking about earlier, the secondary is the weakness of the defense. But Mississippi State's gonna have to run the ball to win the game. Now I was talking about that. We'll talk more about overall how we're gonna win the game earlier, but let's talk kind of about their offense. Yeah. This is a so run first team. 
Yeah, and yeah. Whitlow, their running back, he's actually uh, second in the SEC right now. Or actually, no, Swift Swift jumped in by like five yards. But he's third in the SEC, yeah. He's third in the SEC in rushing yards behind Kylan and DeAndre Swift, who are both arguably – Who are both – they're both way behind Kylan. Yeah. But um, Kylan and DeAndre are both going to be forces in the NFL, and I feel like you could put Whitlow in the same conversation, especially – Whitlow's uh, a lot younger. Whitlow's yeah. a sophomore back. Yeah, Whitlow's a sophomore. He's going to be a big deal in the next couple of years. Um, and I feel like, like I was saying earlier, our defense – has to make the first tackle because Whitlow will burn you. And a common theme with the Auburn receivers is that every single one of them can burn you if you let them get to the second and third level. Um, we um, have to we have to be able to tackle on, on the first attempt or else they're going to put up 50 on us. So the leading re- the receivers have a ton of yards. The leading receiver is Eli Stowe with 150 yards. It's on 17 catches and two touchdowns. The most problematic receiver, though, is he was talking about how fast they were. Anthony Schwartz is what the fastest player in college football thought yeah. to be. He challenged Tyreek Hill to a race, guys. I mean, <laughs> dude's dude's quick, all right? Uh, world-class speed. Only only way to describe it, world-class speed. Yeah. Um, we They're going to try to do the jet sweep with him at least twice, okay? And we'll talk about more, more about scheme things later, but just talking about personnel right now. We cannot let him outrun us. Cannot get beat over the top. And we have our experience. Secondary is going to be a big deal here. Coverage bust yep. cannot happen in this game. Um, here's what – they'll use these receivers in this, in this throwing game sparingly more to keep you honest. But here's what Auburn wants to do. Auburn wants to use misdirection, shifts, motions, jet sweeps, shovel passes, those kind of things to run the football. Okay. And they're going to also – I mean, of course, they're going to try to run it between the tackles and run counters and, you know, draws and regular stuff like that too. But they want to run the football. They want to be creative. And that's how they've been putting problems on defenses this year, and that's why they're 4-0, because they've been able to run the football and be creative. Now, last year we totally bottled up their their running game. Their their total yard – defense was just bottled them up completely. And we ran all over them. Yep. They have one of the best defensive lines in football, but it's a lot of the same personnel. We found a way to get it done on the ground last year against this team. We have a better – Colin Hill's better. Offensive line, I think, is a touch better. Our best – this is a bad matchup for Mississippi State because their offensive line is really, really, really good, and we've had trouble stopping the run. Yeah. But if um, we can, if we, if we got to be able to find a way to run the football, which open things up to pass the football, you know, they open things up at each other. And we need to make Bo Nix, our freshman quarterback, try to win the game through the air. I don't know if he's he's shown that he's capable of doing that. He had the big play against Oregon. The guys that huge play that was against a great Oregon play that won the receiver. game. <laughs> that was a great play by that receiver. That ball should have never been thrown. That play should have never been snapped. First of all, that's Set, not a catch on Cam Dancer. That's no, that's not a catch on Cam Dancer. That's not. That's a, that's a play that should not have happened. Okay, and that's not bad on Bo Bo Nix. Bo Nix has 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 gumption. Uh, he's unflappable, as Coach, Coach Jordan Moorhead described him at a press conference this week or an interview this week. He's a tough kid. He's going to be really, really good. We have got to make him confused and put the game in his hands to win and limit Booby Whitlow, limit these wide receiver uh, jet sweeps and all that. Don't have to just give give the keys to this kid, to this freshman, to win. The, uh, if, they, if they don't have to give him the keys to play this game and to compete in this game, we don't have the great chance to win. 
Nope. We also don't have a great chance to win if we're one-dimensional. So if, if Kylan Hill doesn't go off and doesn't do what he's been doing, again, defensive line. So it's gonna be this is going to be the toughest defense we've played all year, guys. Then we're going to be really struggling. Um, I think because of how precise Tommy Stevens can, can be if he's playing, that we have a good chance to win because the back end of that secondary is is not great. Of back end of the secondary, the secondary is the back end. <laughs> Because that's because of that secondary, I guess the back end of the secondary would be like the safety instead of the cornerback. But yeah, <laughs> um, the whole secondary is what I meant, guys. Uh, and because our receivers have been a lot better, you know, none of our receiver stats jump out at you, but it's because the ball's been spread around a whole bunch, and because we've had we've gotten to run the ball a lot more and had to swap up quarterbacks, which has kind of changed our game plan a little bit. But our receivers have been playing a lot better. Even even Stephen Gidry, who I was hard on last week. Joe Moorhead said that he liked how he handled this off week and his attitude um, with being having to sit out with a lower body injury. Uh, I don't know, and any I don't have an update on Stephen Gidry. I don't think he's hurt anymore. I, I, I don't because because I haven't heard anything that makes me think that he's doing fine. Yeah. He's either doing fine or in the same state. Uh, so to sum everything up. It's a bad matchup for state because their offensive line and defensive line is great, and our offensive line is pretty is good. Our defensive line hasn't been what we thought it would be. It's been a little – it's been – you know, we thought – we know it would be a struggle on the interior, but we're going to have to find creative ways to limit Auburn in the running game. And I think having experienced uh, linebackers with good eye discipline that aren't going to be – you know, Leo Lewis and uh, Errol Tom- Thompson are not going to be just enthralled and enamored with all these motions and shifts and stuff. They're going to have good eye discipline. Hopefully, Willie. Maybe we can have some success here. Um, I, if this is a close game late, that's that's a good sign. If it's a close game late, I think we have the the gumption to go and make a big play somewhere. We'll just have to see. Yeah. The uh, really big deal, like I said, having the having the experienced linebackers, if they if they can just run it between the tackles against us all night, if the, if if their offensive linemen push through the, our defensive line and get to the second level blocking wise, it's going to be a long day. Mm-hmm. We, we're going to have to find ways to limit that. And I, and again, if our corners have a great game and can just play one-on-one, which I don't think they're going to be able to do because of Anthony, how fast Anthony Schwartz is, then we could put several guys in the box and stop that running game. But here's the thing. We're going to have to play some zone concepts in this ba- on the backside of our defense because that, that dude's just so fast. Yeah. Um, so, one more thing. If, if Moorhead and uh, Shoup want to be – Consider to leave. They're going to have to prove it this weekend. I feel like. I think so too. We're, and we're I think, look, I like. And if they can scheme something up to win us a game this weekend, then I feel like nobody in the fan base should be complaining anymore. I think shoot could really make it hard on this freshman. Um, I know that they've played. They went in and beat Texas A&M. That the only reason I'm 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 really. Am, not not terribly excited about what I think the outcome is going to be of this game is because they went into I, I was looking at Auburn and thinking they really don't have much because they, they went twenty four to six at uh, at home against Tulane, um, beat an Oregon team that I'm not sure how good they are on a lucky play. And I was like, okay, uh, you know, allowed Kent State to score a couple po- score a couple points. Then they went into College Station to another team I don't think is I, do, I still think is overrated. I think Texas A and M is overrated too. But they went into College Station and won, and should have been well, should have won by a couple touchdowns. They ended up winning by eight. Um, they're, Auburn's going to find out if they're for real pretty soon the, 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 during the season two. You never know with Auburn; they could, 
you th- every time you think Auburn's going to go six and six, they go ten and two, and every time you think they're going to go ten and two, they go six and six. It's yeah. just the way that that works. <laughs> so they're super confusing. Um, last year they went seven and five, and they were ranked in the top ten when they played us in late September. So, I mean, goodness, <laughs> you never know. Uh, I think we're going to be able to – it's just going to depend on if Colin can get going, I really think. If Colin can get going, if we can make it to where we're allowed – we're, we're going to be easy to throw the ball because Colin's just too unstoppable. And like I said, last year he had 126 rushing yards. Nick had 198 rushing yards last year against Auburn. We ran all over him. Getting yeah. outside the, the tackles, you know, running counters and sweeps and uh, stuff like that, um, zone reads. If we – we run the ball like that again if we find a scheme way to run the ball. Because, again, it's a lot of the same personnel and definitely the same defensive concepts. Um, it, could, it could be a really interesting game. It could be a struggle for Auburn to stop us if, we're, if, we're, uh, if, we, if we scheme. We schemed a great running game last year against this team. If we could scheme another great running game after uh, this year against Auburn, that gives us a great chance. And also, I we think could, Coach Bob Shute confusing Bo Nix would be another huge key. We could probably copy paste the scheme from last year if Schrader's playing. Honestly, that except throw the ball more. Last year we had sixty nine passing yards and run and one. Yeah, that's messed up, guys. <laughs> that's I'm sorry. Sixty nine nine for seventeen, sixty nine passing yards. And we won. They got to that number that's because and last we're year, shutting it down, last boys. Year, last year we we should hell of a, <laughs> that's a nice number. Last year we uh, we held them to three field goals. In three different quarters, we're not. I'm, I'm, I'm not I don't think we're going to We need to. If we do, I'm not saying we won't, but if we do, I'm going to be very, very impressed and surprised. We're going to have to score points to win this game, which I think we're going to be able to do. We're probably going to be able to score more than we were last year, but we got to keep them from scoring. And again, their offense, they're still really trying to figure things out. They're not an elite offensive team, but they're a confusing offensive team. And they predicate on running the ball, which is not what we've been good at stopping so far this year. So that's why I don't like this game. Yeah, I predicted us to lose a close one earlier. I still, I still think we might lose a close one. If we win, I'm not going to be as surprised as I was at the beginning of the year because I still, I, I, Auburn, I, I like Auburn as a team more this week than I did a week ago, but not, not to call them an elite team yet. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think they're a top fifteen team. I think so. Don't expect any of our uh, suspended players to dress this game. Um, we're not expecting Lee Autry or Willie Gay or any of the other guys to play. Uh, that's just, that's that. Sorry. Um, Unfortunately, if they do I play, see I'll be Willie. surprised. And I wouldn't be surprised. The to way see that Willie. he has three games left. The way it's looking to shake up. They're probably going to play them against Tennessee, Arkansas, and Ole Miss, which sounds crazy. You think we ought to be able to beat Tennessee and Arkansas and Ole Miss without them. But at this point, you kind of just don't want to take chances. Now, what we're probably going to – what we might end up doing, what I say, forget Arkansas and then play against Texas A&M, play everybody. Because I think we could beat – or LSU. Yeah. LSU has nah. a scary <laughs> offense, but they can't they can't stop anybody from scoring, though. So, I kind of – I kind of – Gave us they, them coming into here in a night game when we've had some rest. You know, we'll have a bye week and then Tennessee and then LSU. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of, I'm putting them on, on upset alert in that game. Uh oh, I'm putting LSU on upset alert, guys. I picked LSU to win to win to lose uh, this game at the beginning of the year before 
was and how awesome that uh, Joe Burrow was going to be. I, I apologize to Joe Burrow. He's been really good. <laughs> His receivers are really good too. So it's not like he's throwing to – it's not like he's throwing to 10-year-olds out there. But I still am sticking with my pick and putting Auburn on upset – on not Auburn, LSU on upset alert on October 19th because uh, – because they haven't been able to stop anybody near as much as they've been able to, even despite the fact they've been able to score 60 points. Now, they can win a couple SEC games and throw some shutouts between now and then. All of a sudden, I'm not on upset <laughs> alert anymore. I'm on let's cover the spread alert. Yeah. Okay. Again, I like I like us to maybe do something against a and I don't think we're going to beat Alabama. I don't like this game. Not sure how I feel about Texas A&M game. But we've got to win one of those games. We have got to win Auburn, A&M, Alabama, LSU. We have to win one. Of, to me, we do not have a successful season unless we don't win at least one of those games. If we win two, I'm thrilled. I think we're. I think there's a chance we can win two, but it doesn't. It, if the odds are, we win one or less of those games. We gotta, just statistically, we got to win one of those and also beat everybody else that we should beat. Oh yeah, no, that's that's that. This is everything I'm saying, guys. Is assuming. <laughs> Is making big assumptions. Is assuming we beat Tennessee, Arkansas, and Ole Miss. <laughs> okay. Uh, y'all remember, guys? This time last year, we were zero two in the SEC. <laughs> so let's get off to a better start than that. We're already one and zero. Um, a lot of people in the media are picking this to be like a trap game for Auburn. Hopefully, Auburn doesn't see that, and only I saw that. CBS guys, are, we're kind of thinking this is a trap game. I really think. We had the defensive the defensive line play that we've been having in, in recent years. I'd feel really really good about this game, but the fact that we don't makes me is what really makes me nervous. The fact that it hasn't, you know, it could take a big take a step up at some point. But it and last week we got good pressure. If we can, nobody's really pressured Bo Nix. If we can somehow beat that stellar offensive line that Auburn has and pressure Bo Nix and get make him uncomfortable like we did this week against Sawyer Smith, I think that that gives us a great chance to win too because we did see some improvement there. But as far as stopping the run, you know, it's just a little bit questionable. I'd like to see a big jump. If we make a big jump this year, I mean, excuse me, this week in defensive line play, then the season can really turn around for us, I think. That's where it all starts in SEC, guys. This is Southeastern Conference. Where the center of the nose tackles meet – Okay, that gap between the center of the nose tackle's face masks, that's where everything starts, literally and metaphorically, guys, for, for SEC football. That's the most important thing. That's, that's more important than whatever the coach has in his brain, whatever the quarterback has in his heart to do, is that, that tiny bit of space between the nose tackle and the center of an SEC football game is where the game is won and lost. I don't think anybody disagrees with that. No. Mm-hmm. Football is a mental sport as much as it's a physical sport, but it's definitely a, definitely a physical sport in this league. All right, Gavin, do we have anything else on the list? I feel like we should, but we I, but we don't. No, nope, I don't. I don't have anything else. You don't have anything else. Nope. Well, we are giving y'all a break. Uh, we got a good thirty minute show going on. We gave you a fifty minute show th- earlier this week. We got a pretty good amount of listens, so apparently y'all like the fifty minute show. <laughs> Y'all should go comment on one of our on all of our videos and just say, "Would you rather have a fifty minute or a or a, a thirty minute show?" Yeah. And we'll just try to cater to what y'all want. 
I don't know why we talked for ba- about baseball for an hour and football for 30 minutes. <laughs> I don't know. I love them both. I really don't know how that happens. I don't know. If y'all are new to the show, go back and listen to some of our baseball shows if you've got three hours to kill. Yeah, for real. A long car ride. Long car ride. Listen to us talk about the national championship we were going to win and yeah. the uh, all that stuff. Call it stupid. Anyway, it's fine. It's fine. And how Vanderbilt sucks. <laughs> And then won a national championship. Anyway. <sighs> all right. If that's all we got for today, until next time, best of luck to whatever you're doing, unless it's something terrible. But if it's not, I hope it goes well for you. I hope you find some money on the ground and I turn it into, but nobody claims it, so you get to keep it. I uh, hope you make an A on whatever test you had next week. I hope you get a raise at work. Or if you're the boss, you should just give yourself a raise. I'm, I'm, gi- I'm giving you – if you're the boss at your job, I'm giving you permission to give yourself a raise right now. <laughs> you heard it from me. All right? If corporate or something tell, asks why, why you got a raise, tell them I told you. I'll, I'll, I'll t- take that. I'll take that up with them. They can take that up with me. But as always, praise the Lord and go dogs and hail state. Hail state.